Hold up, this is D-Wayne here. We're going to do something a little different tonight. Um, We're going to start off with the, the most anticipated segment of the show, the Cena Monster Files, where we talk about who John Cena basically just disposes of people. Who, who's next to us? I mean, last time we had AJ Styles, and, I, you know, I've been on Twitter talking about the, the hype, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out who people want to hear me say. And I think it's going to be surprising if the next person is going to be on this monster file. Um, so let's, let's talk about John Cena for a second. John Cena is the, the man, the guy. And even though he's been in the game for a decade plus now, he's still the guy. No matter what you say, no matter who has the fight, he's still the guy. Um, and he gets the question. He has thrown so many people under the bus. He's trashed so many careers. He stopped so many people. And last time we discussed it, it was AJ Styles when the Cena Monster Files. Look what happened. He's in a match for the title with John Cena and Dean Ambrose. Well, let's cut that. I said this is going to be one of the most hype, controversial shows yet. So, this is what I'm going to say. The Cena monster is running wild. But he's running to a person that hasn't run into yet. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is this person really ready to, to be the head honcho? And I, and you know, I talk about him a lot. Roman Reigns is on the Cena monster files. And I'm going to tell you why, Roman. Are you ready to be the face? Are you ready to do promos? Are you ready to kiss the babies? The WWE needs you to kiss. You see, we know that you put on a match and became a talk. I mean, if you just sit up here and understand the art of a promo, can you really do that? Or is WWE too scared that you might say something that they don't like? Are you ready for the for the bad club? I mean, hey. Everyone gets it once in a while. I mean, you get the booze, you get the cheers. Hey, you might get the, the loudest cheer and booze ever. Next to John Cena. Are you really ready to be the face that runs the place? And it's funny because usually the Cena Monster Files is about a person that Cena has ran into. And it's funny how the WWE keeps you all apart. Because we all know what's going to happen. You're going to meet Cena one day. And the WWE's going to put you over and put you as the new face of the WWE. And like John Cena fell off to Hollywood. Where, you know, he's starting to be anyway. Are you really truly ready for that? Are you really truly ready for the Make-A-Wish campaigns? Are you ready? That's my question for you. Or is the Cena Monster just going to eat you up like it does everyone else? My personal opinion, I'm up in I'm 50-50. I think you have what it takes, but I also think that the Cena Monster is going to gobble you up. There's no one, and I repeat, no one today's WWE can reach the status of Cena. 
And let's face it, the crowd doesn't want nobody to be the best out of the singer. So let's be real. In two years, when you face Cena and you beat him, is this right behind him? Is the Cena monster going to meet you up on the ramp, shaking your hand, saying, Good luck, Roman Reigns. I'm here to destroy you. I believe so. I'm sorry to tell you that. You might go on to hold his title a couple of times. You might go on to kiss a few babies. You might go on to shake Vince McMahon's hand every night. But guess what? There's only one scene. There's only one golden child. He's going to be in Hollywood. Until then, good luck. And I hope they wish you the best. Because when that Cena monster comes, it's going to come. And it's going to come hard. Until the next episode of Sea Monster Files. See you later. Oh, by the way, I'm here. This is Dwayne. Here with Two Chains and Silly Sellers. Give you our Wednesday podcast in a few seconds. Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If the storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay per view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, clearly there's no bias in the scene of Monster Files considering that Dwayne just decided to induct his own favorite wrestler into it this week. But uh, this is two chains here, and uh, let's get this Wednesday episode started. Um, Man, I have to say Raw, once again, was very underwhelming, and SmackDown definitely took it for me again uh, for this week's uh, weekly um, episodes. And... I don't know. Again, the, I guess the easy question to, to, to reiterate again is is two hours is really just straight to the point and it gets it done and, it, and you're satisfied. You know, not drug along and it's just like, what? And segments that just didn't make sense and stuff like that. I mean, like, it, do SmackDown have the recipe to keep fans interested? And I think and I think it really does start with two hours. And I think the crazy thing to say is that a lot of the Twitter fanboys and stuff been saying that Raw should be two hours for a long time. And I was just like, no way. Like, they got the time slot, go for it. But now, I absolutely see why. So, I don't know. I don't know. You guys, I mean, what? What you? What about you, Sellers? Um, man, I definitely think it should be two hours. But like you said, if you have the time slot for three hours, you got to book it correctly. And maybe after tonight with the conclusion of the CWC, the Cruiserweight Classic, I guess I might give it a better opportunity where maybe you can use that eight to nine hour at least an element of the cruiserweights where you can build up those storylines and have the cruiserweight hour before you go to your two-hour parole. Because when you see these squash matches and Bo Dallas has a squash match, and, <laughs> you know, it, it, it gets kind of repetitive and old because there's nothing being built to the character. I can't take it seriously. Um, but once again, I, I think it will change. I, I'm going to try to give it two more weeks. I'm going to try to give it next week, this upcoming Monday, which is to go home to... 
exclusive pay-per-view. Was it No Mercy is called, right? No, is it called? No, Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. Moving too fast, Shorty. Yeah, Clash of Champions. I know, right? Um, But then I'm going to give it a week for the go-home and the introduction of the Cruiserweight Classic. And then I'm going to give it the Monday after the Clash of Champions to see what new storylines people are going to. Um, occlusion with the Cruiserweights. To see how that goes. So I'm going to give it two more weeks. But then after that, you might have to pull the plug on and say, go two hours. Okay, so uh, just a little bit off topic, but I'm watching NXT right now since it's our Wednesday episode. And I'm sorry, Liv Morgan is giving me nothing but Carmella. She's wearing Jordans. I mean, who knows? Will she be the next? Will she end up coming up to the main roster to, to be with Enzo and a uh, big cast? I mean, it's unless I'm it's unless it's something I'm not seeing. I'm seeing the identical same wrestler. You're, you're absolutely right because I'm with you and watching it. Um... Maybe they can pull her up and be in a little two girl stable because we don't have any stables right now. Um, oh, good point. But I mean, period. But once again, you want your stable to be somebody with their own image. You don't want to be a copycat of somebody else. But it's it's a it's a give and take right now. NXT just trying to do anything right now to build their women's uh, division because they need to. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's hard to Good say. Good point. Hey, speaking of that, remember Ziggler and Fandango? I mean, Ziggler and uh, Tyler Breeze, a few, as soon as he got brought up, we was just like, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, that, that ain't work good. But anyway, tonight, um, exactly. we're going to go over a couple of different things. Um, one of the biggest questions I had upon watching SmackDown Raw this week was Jack Swagger switching brands, where he seemed to be a little bit angry after losing this match against... Um, um, uh, Jinder Mahal on Raw, and in the backstage interview, he didn't have anything to say. Pretty, pretty hillish. And of course, you know anything with his patriotic, they always got to bring in Jack Jack Swagger, um, because of you know because of his gimmick, and you know it was nine eleven, and you know he lost, which I was kind of confused. about. I was confused about the whole match and everything. Anyway, I mean I knew it was coming, but I was just still confused. But anyway, you know he went straight heel afterwards, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. So then he comes out on SmackDown. I'm like, wait a minute. He came out. I was giving me the heel feel. And then he went baby face. And then he was like, as of 1201, I am now the newest member of the SmackDown Live roster. And I'm just like, hold on, what? Like, you can you can just do that? I mean, if that's the case, why don't Cesaro just leave? You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be on SmackDown in the first place. Why don't he just roll out? But I guess the, the the question to be asked here is, what what legitimately is a contract? Obviously, what is the WWE defining as a contract? We all know that a contract is a, a legally binding document. But what now? You can just sign a contract for one brand, lead to go to the next, just do what you want. You know, it, it's a lot of questions I have behind that. Um, so I wanted to go over that. I'm gonna open up the the, the debate sheet tonight. Um, against a little battle between uh, the two of you to see, well, what do you really consider and who is really the top guy on Raw? There's a, I, I think there's some questions to be asked there. Um, and also this weekend on September 16th at the uh, the JCC, the Jewish Community Center in Northern Virginia, um, Nova Pro Wrestling will be uh, holding their event, the Nova Project 2, um, which... Some of us will be in attendance or so you wanted to preview that a little bit just to get the fans hyped and um you know we're we're team support the indies and we we try to promote it in the sense of letting people know that there's good quality wrestling on the indie scenes and if you're a fan of our podcast you know 
hopefully that you take the time to go to your neighboring um, indie shows or, you know, purchase their DVDs or their uh, video on demands and check them out. I mean, it's really good quality wrestling and good storytelling. And, you know, I think people are just a little bit fearful because it ain't the top product that it can't be good. And that's not true of wrestling at all. And, 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 and in any sport at that, mixed martial arts and any physical sports, I think you get good quality um, sports as long as that, you know, as long as the heart is in it for the for, you know, the competitors and the organization. And I think that Nova Pro Wrestling does a really good job in displaying that. But um, so we're going to do that in the first half. Then the second half, we're going to uh, come back at you with the Twitter topic of the week with who will win the CWC tonight. Um. And like I promised you uh, a show ago, is that we was going to take the opportunity to open this up for a Twitter fan to be able to join us and debate the topic um, as far as, you know, tell who they are and uh, give a chance for them to ask us any questions. So that's going to be our show tonight as we, you know, before we get prepared for the CWC two hour finale. But um, so that we're not wasting so much time, uh, let's get into it. OK, so again, that sounds good. Jack Swagger, Monday night on Raw, Tuesday night SmackDown. Like, what do you make out of this, honestly, Sellers? I mean, you gotta look at it two ways, and you made a great, great point um, when you were introducing it earlier. But here's my problem with it: you gotta think, the, look at the WWE contract in two ways. One is off-screen, and one is on-screen. And once again, a perfect play that you do it off-screen is when you talk about CM Punk's contract and how he was gonna leave. Um, money in the bank with the title if WWE didn't resign him try to put like a little Bret Hart thing but if you think about it in rea- reality terms his contract wasn't up yet until like September or October of that month so right. if you follow some of the I guess the dirt sheets and everything you kind of have an idea when people's contracts are really expiring but you get a chance to ploy with that and make contracts part of storyline so you have them what they say on, on WWE so what it could have been was you could have had the match as a, a release match between Jack Swagger and Jinder Mahal, so whoever lost that match would have to be released. So that way you can say, oh, Swagger's not going to be on Raw anymore if you're going to try to go on SmackDown. And that way Shane can try to pick him up and sign him on SmackDown. But the problem is it's not communicated effectively where you make it believable of, oh, he left one show and moved to another. Is anybody going to say anything about it? You know, if he was on Raw, because that's where he was drafted with in the supplemental draft, I mean, isn't somebody going to say something about that? So it's okay if you use the contracts in the storylines, but just make sure you make a, a comment or suggestion about it that you know what's going on so it makes it seem believable. D-Way? Oh, I guess he's just... I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. If it happens, I mean, personally, the whole, the whole way that people get on SmackDown or all is... It's just unexplained, and it's to the point where I really just don't care because both, it seems like both shows have two different ways of getting people. And even with the contract signing, it's like, it's just like, oh, I don't, oh, that's why he was on roll last night. Oh, they got another person. And then while you have uh, people like Ross saying, oh, we just signed the hottest three contract, the finest free agent in the business. Consistency over a period of time, it's like you get to a point where 
we really just don't care how the people come on because apparently they don't even care how the people come on. So it, it makes no sense. And again, it's, I think at this point where it's something that we should just ignore. I think I think at some point you are going to have to just grow a tolerance towards it because I don't know. Like I was hype about you know everything going into the draft as far as they trying to legitimately make it um, a sports platform. Um, you know by the the media outlets they used to promote it and the tactics they used and and all that other good stuff. And I I really was invested. I mean let's be let's just be honest. Before football season. Um, before week one, everybody's totally invested in the free agency period because you're so hyped to know like who's your team going to pick up. And maybe if you're a, f- a fan of a certain brand or, or just storylines that could possibly be put together, you're, you are really curious to see like, like how are some of these signings and, 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 and trades and whatever it may be is going about. And it, it you're right. Like, I feel like we're going to be re- reiterating this until it's addressed or we just really grow numb to it. Until there's some consistency on it being done on both shows, it's just going to always be a head scratcher. And now the next question intact in now is what is a contract? Before it was like, how do you legitimately sign a free agent? And then now it seems to be, um, I mean, we're not going to get trades, obviously. That that doesn't see it a, be the thing of that's going to happen. But now it's just going to be like, like, what does it really mean if somebody's on the show? Like, um, okay. Brock Lesnar invades one show to go to the other. Like, what's the what's the issue with that? When one person can just leave one show and go to the next, you know, just next day he's just like, oh, I'm on this show, you know. I I, I don't know. It's 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 head scratching. I was a little bit disappointed because, um, it's just the fact that, like Cesaro said, campaign to say he wanted to be on SmackDown, the home of opportunities, which he obviously could do a lot better on SmackDown than he is doing on Raw. And it's just like if it was just that easy for people to leave, he would have been left week one. But now it's just like, oh, Swagger hadn't even been on TV. He comes one time and now he's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the repercussions behind that? And, you know, is now that they have a roster, is there a matter of fact, here's another question. Is there a max roster limit? You know, stuff like that. Like, I I don't know. I, I know Dwayne's thinking I'm probably thinking I'm thinking too much into it, aren't you? <laughs> You know, you always got to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, you're thinking too much, too. I mean, this whole topic was, it's, it's to the point where it's just like, we mm-hmm. said it before, like, it's time to just get numb to it because they're not going to address any concerns. So they're not going to address Why should we even care about it? I don't know. I guess, I like, again, I just like the legitimacy of, of um, I ain't going to say rules, but just, just, the legitimacy of, of the WWE being being advertised as a sport. Like, you know, if you're not even gonna make your own show believe believable on the standards, then why should I ever turn to ESPN for interviews or Good Morning America for promotions? Like, why does that even matter if you're just gonna just go fake with everything else, you know? So can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Is it me considering the spelling to be a sport? Do I what? It's uh yeah. It's not a sport to me. Why isn't it? Like NASCAR, NASCAR is just not a sport. NASCAR is totally NASCAR is totally a sport. You have to be jacked. First of all, they don't use power steering. That's the end of that. <laughs> That's the end of that conversation. So, so I, well, well, I don't agree. I agree that this thing is not a sport. But yes, it is showing ESPN. 
The spelling bee is a sport. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. So what defines a sport then? Anything, isn't it anything that you compete in to try to win? In that case, it's not necessarily. In that case, it's a sport, right? Video games is a sport. The I mean, the um ESPN covers video games. No, it's a hobby. What? Hey, I hope. No, fantasy yeah. football is a game. Okay? Fantasy football is a game. Video games is a game, but it's a sport when you compete. No. Uh, no. That's a uh, different, different alley. Okay, okay. Is poker a sport or a game? That's a game. That's a game. Next, next. <laughs> but there's a goal. There's a there's a there's an overall goal and achievement to 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 be done there. Okay, so I have a question for you in regards to that. And we get our centrally on top of it. The last question, Gardner. I'm competing for the number one for valedictorian. Is that a sport? You said what? I'm competing for valedictorian. Is that a sport? No, because you don't you don't get anything for that. A, t a tassel? No, it's more than a tassel. You're the top student of the class. Okay, well, that's, from, that's what you're for. From, from my experience, being a top student of the class is never a really a good shining thing for real. It exiles you. Well, being a top video game player, does that exile you? Xavier Woods is pretty dope. Lupe Fiasco is pretty dope. No, you you just upset because you probably trash and Madden. <laughs> I'm not trash and Madden. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not gonna talk about Madden, and I'm saving that for Dwayne. Hey, look, first one straight now. I've been on a little slump, but I've bounced it back online. We shall see. <laughs> All right, well, good se good segue since y'all guys are in a, in a really uh, debating mood, real quick. So let's open it up right now. Let's, let's get this started. Who is the top guy on Raw? D Wayne, you got you got you got one minute. First, I want to hear this Kevin Owens items first. No, no, he gave you the full. He gave you the full. Yeah, so I go first. Yeah. Yes. All right. First of all, let's let's try again. The fight guy on Raw is Roman Reigns. I'm gonna tell you why. One, because he ends the show. Exactly ends the show. Not Kevin Owens. It doesn't matter who has the title. We all know that the title really doesn't matter anymore. Hey, so that's why John Cena is still the top guy in the WWE. Where, so here's my thing. Nobody, they say Roman Reigns. You haven't seen any, you, the past few you haven't seen Roman Reigns in, in any other segment. Um, but you see him at the end of the show. You want to know why? Because they always say, most, most of the time they always say the number one person towards the end of the show. I don't care. You can't say Kevin Owens is the top guy because he has the top other time. Let's be real. Titles really don't matter anymore. And I hate to say that. And no matter how much you push it, Kevin Owens is not the top guy. He's not going to be the one that WWE points to and says, no kids, baby. He's not. He doesn't have to look. And I hate to say that from a marketing standpoint, Kevin Owens just doesn't have it to succeed. Even when sales figures came out of merchandise this year, 
guess what? Ken Rhodes wasn't hired on the Titans. Even when they did, the most popular wrestlers in WWE roster. Just a few weeks ago, I saw an article. Kevin Owens was on the low, was on the low point. So here's my thing. No matter how much trouble that Roman Reigns gets in, he's going to be the top guy. You don't push, if you're not the top guy, you're not going to be set the last segment, week after week after week. I don't care what you say. I don't care if Kevin Owens had the title for, for a few years. Let's give one example. Sam Punk had the title. But was he the top guy? No. John Cena was still the top guy. Rest off the title. The title doesn't matter. It doesn't put a print on who's the top guy. The top guy is decided by Vince and Kenny and the big man. Alright, Sadis, right, you up. Alright, the one point you made that was a good point when CM Punk's title run was, uh, I guess, neglated because Cena was still the top guy. You made a good point, but remember, that was the whole company. We're talking about Raw, and we're talking about SmackDown. So let me make a point to you. This past Tuesday, a DVD came out. It was Captain America vs. Civil War. Who was the last person to have the last eight credit scene in Captain America vs. Civil War? The Black Panther. Roman Reigns is nothing much but the Black Panther of the WWE. And right now, the Civil War is between uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. And who are they competing for? They're competing for Triple H's top guy. And yes, he is overseer of the whole WWE. But really, in my eyes, the behind the scene is who is trying to press for Triple H. Triple H's baby right now has been NXT. Who has he been picking up? Kevin Owens. When Kevin Owens first came into the NXT, was it with two, three weeks before he got the title? Now Kevin Owens, even though it wasn't his chance at first with Finn Balor coming up, but who did Triple H give the title to? Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, the last couple of nights, who has he uh, had great main events from? Kevin Owens. He had great main events from that fatal, I mean, fatal four-way. He had great main event with Roman Reigns. But once again, it doesn't matter who's winning. I mean, it matters how he wins. By any means necessary, he is winning these matches at the right time. He is winning these matches, doing great matches. Even the match with Sami Zayn, he is winning these matches by any means necessary. And when you have that, it's bringing consistently in and out, who can talk on the mic and who can wrestle in the ring. Right now, he is the top guy in Raw right now. He's the, he's the top guy. All right. I mean, when you have the belt, okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no. When you have the belt like this, that's a new belt, and he's the one that's the longest tenure reigning or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right now, he is the guy that you're trying to market and build Cheap for stats. this title, and you build it for the wrong. Cheap stat. All right, no, I got a few questions. I got a few questions. And then I'm going to just let y'all go head to head on it. First of all, uh, D-Wayne makes a good point. You want to emphasize on who's the last guy to be shown um, in the ring at the end of the broadcast. Another another interesting thing with the Roman Reigns thing is Roman Reigns is also the last person to be seen in the introductory uh, video. And even with the revamping of Raw, couldn't he, couldn't that have been changed if they didn't really want to market him as the top guy? But nonetheless... Um, I just, I just think that I, I do kind of agree where titles don't really make it who doesn't define who's the top guy. Cause obviously John Cena is clearly the top guy, um, on both brands. <laughs> the fact that he works raw on dark matches clearly just shows you how he's the top guy. And even in storyline purposes, like he's not even there. The next thing that he comes back and he gets a title shot, like. You know, John Cena, all his matches are for titles if there's a title involved with the with the feud, no matter what. There's never a non-title match for Cena. But I don't know. And then and, and then Kevin Owens, I mean, 
to go against Dwayne's point. Kevin Owens, he is being booked as a heel, but outside of that, he's totally a family guy. Everything else outside the ring makes him a family guy. He he very much cares about his kids, and he very much uh, loves his wife, and he makes that known however many however ways he can. So I don't know. Is there anybody else that to be considered in this picture besides Roman Reigns and um, and Kevin Owens? Like Seth Rollins, not even for debate here. I, I don't think Seth Rollins is for debate. The only reason why is because he got hurt. Now, unfortunately, when you get hurt, you have to come down a little bit to try to regain yourself to be that top guy, and you can't do it without the belt. Now, if he would never have got hurt, he would have never lost the title. He would have clearly been at least a convincing top guy where you book him as, oh, wow. You would, we wouldn't even think him as the best person in the Shield because Dean Ambrose was the first person to get a title, individual title out of the Shield. But now you see, oh, Seth Rollins got better on the mic. Seth Rollins has got better in the ring. Seth Rollins was a U.S. and WWE champion at the same time. Wow, Seth Rollins is looking up in the top guy before he got hurt. When you get hurt, you get forgotten a little bit, and then you have to build yourself back up. So right now, I can't say he is the top guy, and that's unfortunate. Stone Cold had to go through the same thing. I, to to go look to go just a little bit off top, and I'll just make this a quick yes or no question. Is that the reason why Finn Balor up, injury updates is very significant right now, so they do not so that he does not be, become forgotten? Yes, yes, because let's let's think about it. He he is kind of like the golden child. He's the he's the triple H golden child, and the, and I say this because. He, he may come from NXT. The only thing that's working this Finn Balor is his age because he's not the, the youngest cat in the building. But, um, <laughs> um, but we know that, you know what I'm saying, age does play a factor who, who, um, who comes in and he goes out. He may want to push as much as he can with that, in that period of time, but it's very, it's very interesting because we wouldn't be talking about this if he didn't get hurt. We, we, we wouldn't be talking about. I still, and I still say the fact that even though Finn Balor had the title, he still wouldn't be the guy. And and I'm I'm saying that only because of who is still running the company, who's still making the day in day out decisions, and and when it comes to running the company and, and having day, 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 day in day out this uh, decision it's Mexican man you already know his style of, of, of who being the face it doesn't matter who has the title who has the face and people that have the face in this company has a distinctive look most of the time they're very they're very they have a distinctive look they have some type of, of attraction to them they're very kind of larger in life and I hate to say this and the, the reason why like no matter if Finn Balor has the title, the simple fact that he's small, it, it doesn't it doesn't help him. While from a fan base point, we want him to be champion. That's from a fan base point. But from a, a big time marketing standpoint, who's gonna who's gonna be that first person that you go out and say, here, let's do this interview, let's do that interview, let's go on Good Morning America, let's let's do this. It's not going to be him because he's not that fancy guy. And until Vince dies, and I hate to say that until Vince <laughs> dies, that's how it's going to be. Oh, uh, okay. What? Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little confused now. So, what do we, what do we consider a top guy then? Because it seems to be one who just a top guy as far as the look, the image, or who has the potential. And then it seemed to be at first the top guy, somebody that that commands attention both in and out the ring. It, it, it depends on who you, who you ask 
for it. Now, for example, if you're looking at a top guy of just wrestling performance, then you got to think of the guy who gives you the best in-ring performance in the ring. And that may, and as I'm looking at NXT, that may be somebody like a Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode could be a top guy in a company, but he doesn't need to be that businessman to market everywhere or be the face of the franchise. But if you're trying to market WWE to be like a television show or making big stars, then of course you're going to look at people like John Cena and The Rock, who's going to be your money makers, who's going to be your people that you host the SBs, who's going to be your people that host the the My Wish Foundations. But if you even think about it in another sport, think about who will get more publicity or who do you think will be best for business? Do you think somebody like Colin Kaepernick or Peyton Manning who makes more uh, stuff off the ring, or excuse me, out of the ring, or could it be somebody like a... Off the field. Who can I say? Uh, another quarterback that could do... A Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, not if Barry, if he was about, excuse me, Barry, if he was healthy, um, he did some great things in the field last year, but he's not somebody that you're going to be marketing or, or franchising or somebody like a Todd Gurley who may be doing low-key commercials and everything, but he does, still does productive things in the ring. And so it, it depends on who you ask, you know. Even a Marshall Falk. A Marshall Falk back then did great things for the Rams, but the person he was going to market is Kurt Warner. Why? Because his position. So it, 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 it's really an unfair question in a way of who your top guy is based on inside outside the ring or who does the product in the ring. I, I think that whole football analogy is, is totally wrong, only because football is kind of like a covered sport. You can't really see their faces. And wrestling, you can see their faces. You can see what they look like. Who, who's this? Who's that? And I, that's, that's why I think that's a bad analogy right there. I think that I think that the top guy in WWE sense is decent, is decent in the ring and can go out and do marketing stuff. Because if you can go out and do that marketing stuff, that all that automatically is going to make your, your face noticeable. It's going to make it's going to bring in business. And I think that's a top guy. I think uh, in a wrestling sense, we, we're going to have good wrestlers, great wrestlers. I mean, Dolph Ziggler is absolutely great wrestler, great seller. I mean, you have Kevin Owens going to be a great seller. But from a marketing standpoint, they don't have it. I don't know. I think you guys both break, definitely bring um, both uh, good arguments. I think I think the one thing I want to consider is definitely you want a guy that you can market um, that um, fits well in all age crowds, all ethnicities, both genders, um, and also makes your company look good. And I, and I can see why Roman Reigns could be that type of person, even with his um, suspension. I mean, that's the thing of a past. Quite frankly, that might be a thing that never even happened because considering that Brandy Orton had a strike removed from his, um, this, this, it's only ample time before we hear that Roman Reigns got, had his strike removed and it never happened, you know. And there's no question that he's a Vince guy. He has the look. He has the uh, the, the genetics, the, the um, family background. I mean, if The Rock was marketed to be a top guy, there's no reason why Roman Reigns couldn't. He he, he still has some more room to develop, but yeah, he's not an old he's not an old guy. He um, he fits well with the kids. Um, his gimmick hasn't changed for absolutely nothing, so he's very comfortable with what he's doing. And you know. I think there's money to be made on him. The fact that creative is dropping the ball isn't his fault. You know, they'll get it. They'll get it eventually. Hopefully this Rusev few um, does some good because when he came out, I have to admit a lot of people was invested on it. So hopefully they'll get back to that. And that makes sense. But Kevin Owens, um, he's a wrestler guy. 
he's a wrestling fan guy and people like to see him because they've seen what he had what he been through and his move sets is unlimited and there's a lot of reasons why you could get behind him because um quite frankly his physique makes it pretty much deemable that anybody has a chance of becoming a wrestler if you work hard i mean obviously zz was a failure but he was given the opportunity you know and that's easy from tough enough um but at the same time kevin owens does great things in the ring he does great things on mic he does great things backstage he does great things on social media as far as what his character is but then day he loves his family um, he played Babyface, which you, you see a glimpse of that with him working with Jericho at times and the fans invested in it. And there's no reason why he could not be a top guy. Maybe the belt gives him a chance to be that guy and creative still has more work to do with him. But to clear cut say who the top guy right now is for Raw, I don't know. And I'm, I, I guess just not really thinking too hard into it, I still have to say it's Seth Rollins all the way. So here's, here's my question. And, and here's if you really look at WWE in a whole perspective, what's the one group that they want to market to, that they've been trying to market to, but it's been kind of hard for them? The one group? I would. It's a one. It's a one group of fans that they. Oh, you talking about the women? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You make you you make a good point. You really you really do. You've been on the ball with good points, and I think that's. I think that's the I think that started with the women's division be, being renamed the women's division, so that's respectable and reputable to women. And you know, there's no question that they give us. I hate to say it, but more like a sex figure with Roman Reigns, where women can be invested in a top guy and a new a new looking type of guy. I, I'm not like the look hasn't came about, but it's not John Cena. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I guess the I guess the other question is before we get the break is just you know John Cena's been doing a lot of good things uh, in the world and good movies and he's becoming comedic and a lot of people are like him and that's bringing a lot of eyes into the WWE not just eyes of just fans but people just to respect the sport in period will creative actually take a turn to do the same thing with Roman Reigns considering that it is there for them to do and and and, and the other question is. Why haven't they done so? Dolph Ziggler has a movie. Dean Ambrose has a movie. Roman Reigns has nothing. <laughs> what? What? What is it? Is it a master plan here? I don't know. I I think I think we ponder on this a little bit and um. I'm gonna say this. I I can't talk. I don't think it's the fact he can't talk. I think that Kratom doesn't know what to do with his character. I think that he, they don't know what to do with his character, so they make they, so they make it so it's okay. Well, we're going to script this for you. He goes out and say it. He's, he, I mean, he's been known to be uh, okay, uh, okay guy. I'm for it, you know, and that's what he's known for. And I think that they don't know what to do with his character. They feel like I honestly feel like they have, they feel like okay, we have this this person right here who has to look who can, you know, say no matter what people want him for saying this, but he puts on decent matches. And the thing is, they don't know what to do with this character because, okay, well, if you leave him like this, people want to do this. If you leave him like that, if you do this, people want to do that. I honestly feel like they don't know what to do with him. So they've been doing what they normally do. <laughs> well, 
I don't know. They, I, I I think they got a good enough time and a lot of investment in him. I um I, I really do have hopes that the Rusev of you can actually elevate him a little bit to be a little bit more likable, or if not, he just needs to go straight heel. But I think the really the really interesting thing I wonder what you guys think on this, and then we're gonna cut the break. Is do you think the Usos is the test dummies right now for this? Considering the fact that they've been permanently babyface. They've been way over as babyface. They've even been unlikable at times as babyface as they've been given to the pre-show. Um, they all got this smile, which I always talk about smiles makes it hard for people to be heels. But do you think they're actually the test dummies to see if the Roman Reigns um, heel <laughs> gimmick can go, can work, can no, be successful? No, no. It's too, it's too different. Like, I can't take the so serious, like if Roman Reigns is here, I can actually believe it because he'll be a badass here. With the Usos, it's just like, okay, well, but but they've been, I understand, but what they did the other um time to American Alpha was wasn't bad, you have to admit, bad, but I don't think it's a test one for them. I, th I think it's just they needed someone to go against American Alpha. That's what I think. I don't think it's a test one. I mean. Roman Reigns, you have, if he ever goes here, you have a, a certain aspect that the Usos never have. You have a certain attitude that the Usos ever had. You even have a certain look that the Usos never had. I mean, for instance, that's the bad thing is Roman Reigns' heel. When he looks serious, you can see the heel. But if you, I mean, look at the Usos, they go heel, it's just like, oh, they're there. So it's, it's just totally, totally different to me. I don't know. You just think Roman Reigns is attractive, and you know it. <laughs> hey, first of all, I'm not gonna hate. You know, say if if I had to pick someone from WWE to go out to the club with, uh, we're going. I'm gonna get girls with. We're going. We're going to break. We're going to break. We're, <laughs> we're going to break. And when we get back, we're going to go over uh, right in just a time for the CWC. We're going to go over our Twitter topic of the week. We'll have a fan on to debate with us. And we'll we'll talk about um, implications and possibilities for the CWC moving forward. So let's just get to a break. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms. BGBGroup.tumblr.com At BGBGroup on Twitter and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we were back for our second half tonight. Um, Like I said, tonight was going to be a special night, and we're just trying something new for the first time. We're going to try to continuously get this going um, to better interact with fans and friends and anybody else that wants to get on the show. Um, So tonight, we're going to discuss our Twitter topic of the week as far as... um. What do we think as far as uh, implications and maybe what we want to see in the CWC moving forward? But if you haven't if you haven't had a chance to review our Twitter topic, it's always pinned to the top of our Twitter page um, on Mondays, which we give it about two days so we can discuss it on Wednesday on our Wednesday show. So this week we had it. We have our question was just a plain out simple question is who do you think was going to win the Cruiserweight Classic tonight? Which um, there's been a lot of discussions going back and forth about it and a lot of good reasons and a lot of good conspiracy theories and everything. And um, 
I have to I have to say it because people people are reading the, the the charts and they they got their own reason on why who should win and whatever it should be. But I'm just gonna go over um the the numbers that was put up right now. Um, we have 20 percent for T.J. Perkins, twenty six percent for Zach Saber Jr., fourteen percent for Grand Metallic, and forty percent for Kota Bushi. That's all coming for four five hundred and eighty votes. So again, everybody that participated, definitely thank you for reaching out. Y'all made it fun. But um, this week we have on um, joining us this week um, at I Follow WWE, we have uh, a, a friend of ours, Robert from Indianapolis. Uh, take it away. Tell us who, who you are and everything you want to share and start off with the question. Why did you vote and who did you vote for? Uh, all right. Well, I'm Robert from Indianapolis. Uh, I follow the Twitter account. I feel like a crowd brother. But uh, a lot of people win in the future because he has story behind him like oh i was homeless and uh, i was wrestling jeans when i was young and that brought me all the way here all that sort of thing. i i think i i want to speak for all of us but i think we're all pretty much um going with tj perkins on this as well yep. too yeah rob you're a good man that's what i voted for seven seven that's what i voted for man for sure good i man. i I, and then you touched on my first two points, too. I think the other thing that I want to say is, too, is that I think he had one of the most fascinating video packages Absolutely. that totally invested a guy you knew nothing about that totally made you say, hmm, you know, I can get with that, you know? And, he, and, and he's a person we can re, we can relate to. But um, go, um, is there any other reasons why... You wouldn't vote for who seems to be Twitter's favorite, Kodo Obushi. Why wouldn't you vote for him, Robert? Or why, why you think he wouldn't be the winner here? Okay, okay, mine might be a little confusing there. Because I read on the website, Kodo did an interview that he doesn't want to sign for the league. He wants to finish up in Japan first. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest reason he's not going to win. Because I'm just going to pick a winner who doesn't sign. Mm -hmm. You see, that's the only thing I have not been able to confirm. But however, I will say, I will say that obviously you've been listening to the show because that's also been a point that I've made as well too. Um, T.J. Perkins also doesn't have any more indie dates moving forward. Jack Saber Jr. does, and Grand Metallic is already signed. But I don't think that I don't think Grand Metallic is going to beat Zack Saber Jr. So that automatically was like the the most Tilted push for TJ Perkins for me. And I, I don't know. I just think he's just a likable character that everybody wants to get behind. Well, TJ has personality. The other guys kind of don't. Like, that's a great wrestler. They're not like to him character wise. And Curry don't speak English, so that's kind of barrier. And Brian has a mask. <laughs> well, Grand, Grand Metallic will be on on Raw. There's no question, and I think there's I think there's a little bit of a fear behind another mass uh, luchador, considering that there's not much success right now with Sin Cara and uh, what's the face uh, can't. Well, matter of fact, either of them can't stay healthy. Um, but Zap Saber Jr. obviously still has more dates. Um, he's a heel. He's been working heel. Little people have actually been able to recognize that. Um, but I really think that the CWC is a chance for a name that you don't know in order to get a platform for the WWE to, one, develop, but also 
gives that person the opportunity to flash this um, trophy around to bring recognition both to them but also to the company as well too. Um, well, TJP, TJP is known. He was in Ring of Honor for a while, and then he pushed there. Absolutely. And 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 you know, to our to our question last week was, you know, what does it take for if you know if the financial situation was was uh even across the board on for every wrestling promotion, you know, you know, would who would be able to compete with the WWE equally? And everybody pretty much agreed that it's ROH. But that's really this that's really just the problem. Like you said, yeah, if you if you sitting here staying up till twelve o'clock at night to watch RH, you would have seen TJP. But unfortunately, a lot of people aren't doing that. Want either that or they don't have the channel to watch it. And it's just like, yes, you do miss the opportunity to see some of these people that have been working around for a long time. That's been right in your eyes, but you just really never knew because they didn't have the platform. And I think either he's known or not known. Right now, everybody knows this story that they built. Um, with the video packages and what he um, and the storytelling that he's able to do in the ring as well, and you're able to appreciate him. I mean, quite frankly, the guy wears Nikes. Like, who can't get behind that? You know. Absolutely, Rob. Let me ask you a question. Silly Seven's here, man. And and you, yeah. I'm sure you're a winner, and you, you made a great point. And that, like, it's like two chains here. This stuff that we've been talking on the show. But regardless of who wins, you gotta expect whoever wins this thing is going to be the market man that you're gonna market for your CWC as it comes on Raw. Just a simple question, you can elaborate however you want to. Do you think a heel or face should be the opening winner of the CWC? You gotta go face, because that has like everybody cheering for him, like loves because they saw how he great matches the two weeks straight. You gotta go face in that one. How would you feel about that too, James? I never asked that to you um, when we talked about our previous show. Would you agree, Rob? Because I think that's a good answer. I think it's a great question too. Um, I, I, I'm actually fearful for a heel to have the trophy because you discredit the trophy automatically right away. I, I think I think the only thing that you can kind of pattern this behind, maybe not to a very very big extent, is this. But the Andre the Giant Memorial, where yep. if the first winner wasn't somebody that you can appreciate, which is the Big Show, then you know how how could you ever even make it a reputable event? You know, if Baron Corbin had won it the first time, I don't think a lot of people would get behind it, considering that he was just so hillish. He still is pretty hillish, you know? So, I think it only makes sense that it's somebody that you can relate to that's clearly a baby face. And another thing, not that this this really makes a fatter to the WWE eyes is, but you also want somebody that's social. And TJ Perkins does communicate with people on social platforms. All these other people don't. I mean, as far as the as far as the last competitors left, but it's it's cool to say like, man, I tweeted the champion, he tweeted me back, or he liked my stats. Like that's something that people get behind, you know. I I'm going to take those advocate on this one. I say I think it should be a deal, and let creative finally do what they're supposed to get paid for.
know what I'm saying? Like, John's like, so like, okay, I'm representing all the other people. I mean, like, I'm in front. Don't want the guy in front of your division to be like a cheater or something like that. Yeah. You know yeah. I, I, I got another I question, Dan. I got another question, Dan. If the Cruiserweight division is going to be exclusive on Raw, does that mean that they're only going to be exclusive to each other as far as wrestling each other, or will they be able to face people outside of uh, the different weight classes, in, uh, in other words? And then with that being said is, is there any hill Cruiserweights? Oh, you can definitely make some. I think TJP can actually be a great heel. Um, if you build his character up like the you know the right way, but in, in to answer your first question, I think you got to do it like class in WCW. Only cruiserweight seats to fight each other. Yeah. And you might have some special gimmick situations like the Royal Rumble where you have a cruiserweight goes against uh, a heavyweight or the people in the other divisions. But you got to let the cruiserweights be exclusive to each other so they can build up that whole style. Like two chains with your love of uh, the luchador wrestling style and, <laughs> and anything like that. That could actually be a component you could bring in the cruiserweights. That can only be seen there, which makes it very special and very exclusive to Raw. Like we mentioned earlier, make that three hour work, you know, work watching instead of having two hours and one hour squash match. I, I hope so, because as much as I like Braun Strowman, I, I really need a lot more reason to uh, watch Raw than to actually get 10 minutes worth of content that I like, besides the opening segment, you know. I'm going to swing Raw's, this. Go ahead. Raw's hard to get through now. Raw's hard to get through now. That's all about it. Raw's hard to get through. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. I, t- man, don't you like when people agree? Go ahead, Dwayne, because I know you want to be. I know you want to be devil's advocate. Go ahead. What, what, what don't you like right now? This is a chance for one of the uh, super heels such as Braun Strowman gets a chance to only want to only want to wrestle cruiserweights. Do y'all want do y'all remember the most ultimate character slash gimmick of all time when Jeff Jarrett was a womanizer? <laughs> Get to Braun Strowman just fought oh, Sin Car. Um, so I won't be surprised if we see Braun Strowman entering the cruiserweight division soon. I'm 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 for it. Is this a good is this a good opportunity for James L- Ellsworth to, to get signed to Raw? <laughs> Please. Smackdown now. You're almost going to get a Smackdown on 
It is so crazy how over he is because of, because of that segment. SmackDown is so good when you think about that. Like you, you just you really almost booked the main event with somebody that got squashed by Braun Strowman two weeks ago, and people actually remembered that. That's the other funny thing. But the whole the matchup screen, it looked like Jay was creative player. You just made him. Yes, yeah, yep, yep. That's a no, that's exactly what I was thinking last night. I said something looks off about this. It's like, yeah, you create your player on WWE 2K and everybody else real, and then your dude just looking all standoffish. No matter how hard they try to make the graphics look, your dude always just looks misplaced. And that was James Ellsworth on the on the main event uh picture. But Oh, 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 no question. No question. They don't waste no time creating people on there. Just go to the creative center and look for most recent. I know he's up there. I know he's up there. So, so, um, I guess, I guess now, like, moving into the second part of the, uh, of the question, since we pretty much handled the Twitter topic, um, what, what, what do you guys want to see moving forward for the CWC? Like, this, this really go off the limb. I, I, I want some real unorthodox ideas. And, you know, nothing like I want to hear, like, some people that lost this year be brought back or something like that. Like, something really, really cool. So, you know, let's we'll start with you, Robert. What, what, what do you want to see from it next year? Next year, I want, uh, I want Tyler the best for the guy who won this year. Like, let's say he did win this year. Okay, since he happens next year, let's say like New guy wins it. Tiffany has a fit has the fit his trophy against yeah. the new dude. Like that would something like that would be cool. I, I can date that. Sellers? I think it actually should change to a Sunday pay per view special event where it replaces the King of the Ring and be an annual thing that they do. So you might not have as many competitors thirty two, but maybe you have a an eight man tournament like the King of the Ring, and that would be your whole pay per view. Let it go three hours. If you win, you may have to wrestle four times that night to win. Not to mention too, they this was a thirty two competitor tournament, but it was more before beyond that where matches were a qualifying matches was held in Evolve. So with that being said, qualifying matches should be on. Um, the, the the time slot on Wednesday, whatever it may be. And yes, that King of the Ring idea is phenomenal. I, I like I like that. That will definitely bring the legitimacy to tournament style um wrestling again, considering that whatever the King of the Ring was last year was a complete waste of time. Yeah. Who who won I again? Felt so, it was bad. And I felt so bad doing the whole thing. I'm thinking, this could be cool if you take a guy like Neville to give him the win. He's King Neville, he's go through his cool little run. Like I remember No, okay, but I, so I think with the success. So this is what I think. For next year, I think of one or two things. I feel like we won't see this again next year because they're having a cruiserweight division. Or I look for WWE to just fumble this. Oh. <laughs> I, I personally think that, and I'm being real, 
if they do it next year, this is probably the, the last time they do it because if they're going to invest in this cruiserweight division, then the cruiserweight class is probably something they probably shouldn't do. They should work on building this cruiserweight division overall and build storylines. You know what? I, I'm let me let me piggyback off that just a tad bit for my icing on the cake for an uh, idea. How about they do this? solidified that this was the one-time thing with the Cruiserweight Classic. But there's a lot of success here. And a lot, I'm sure it got great viewings and ratings and all that other good stuff. And the mic team and everything has been phenomenal. There's, there's really no complaints. It's been some of the best wrestling we've seen in a long time in, in one time slot. How about they take the same idea next year and make this an all-women's thing? And they bring in women's indie talent from all over to give them a chance. To, to display the platform. Then, you know, they bring them from other countries and everything. Just like this, but just women. Do you think it has a chance to be the same success? Yeah. People love women's wrestling right now. That's the that's other thing right now in the world. Like, I can't even bet to women. I can see, I can see Tessa Blanchard in it. And oh, yeah. Rachel Lowry, she can come in it. I don't know if I see that some of these things. Like, Katie Ford can be in it. They can follow some of the young girls. They can do another one. Like, Kobe Roo can be in it. And I and I and I think I think it's a better I think it's a better opportunity than what they're doing with some of the indie talent that's being signed to um to NXT where they're not really getting the recognition they're just getting the the whole like hey this is blah 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 who was big on the indie scene and yeah that's it you're either gonna be either gonna be that person or you're gonna be Ember Moon who they really build up they 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 made the premiere big and everything and. They gave her the platform at the pay-per-view. Either go, like, you're either going to be that person or you're going to be like all the other people who just like there, you know? I, I love your idea. I mean, it could work. I mean, I'll be right there with my county, county how many boxes I'm going to see that night. <laughs> but um, I, I, think, I think it's a good idea. But then again, I mean, no matter what you say, do it. we're always going to get that. One person is going to be Amber Moon, the other person is going to be... Um, but but not if it's in the tournament style because look at these big names the four big names right now that can win like these are big names that since day one you're just like all right there's no way they're losing and then think about the people that did lose and you're just like like really everybody i think everybody has a fair chance i really did really did now this well, this is an opportunity where you have the network you can spotlight. So this is the point where you can spotlight it. And, and that's the thing I'm scared of. I'm scared of the way they've been treating tournament winners is just like, okay, then you want a tournament now, what? So, so okay, okay. For people that didn't win, like Cedric Alexander, and the way he was treated, do you think that the winner is not going to get a better treatment than that? Has to be, and that's why I like Robert Idea being able to come back and defend it because one, it puts you over everybody else. Considering that names are already being announced for Raw, if I win, I I need a better spot. Either that, I need to be, I need to be in contention for the cruiserweight title if that's going to be the case, or. Do I actually get a contract? Do I get like a, a, an exclusive type of contract? Like something has to give for the winner that I think has to be better than 
what was done for certain individuals that lost. Like, Triple H coming out for Cedric clearly was an indication that boy was going to be signed, no matter what discussions we had with him. Like, you think of what he, what was done for him, and then you think of, like, Brian Kendricks, and you know Daniel Bryan's going to have something to say with that. You know, even what about they signed him to SmackDown? Like, who knows, you know? I just think that the winner has to get more love here. And you know what I mean? I, well, we And I think another thing, too, is to think is, too, who would they have a harder time trying to sell and get the rights for and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, that, that that's been part of the speculation. I I got a, I got an interesting. I got an interesting point since we're recording this right now, and we're gonna wrap this up. That the the, the trophy, I'm sorry, the medal, um, given to the winner, um, has the year 2016 on it. Wonder if that's uh if that's signifying that they will have it for future years. That that's a good sign, actually. Indication that there will be for future years. Well, I think it would be cool what happens if they did like the CWC in the Dusty Tag Classic, like a women's classic, like kind of rotate those every year. So one year you got CWC, 
when you're tag, when you're women, you kind of rotate that. That's actually a good point too, and I actually think that's also a great idea for a, just a, a, a special period. <laughs> the, the tag classic was actually pretty underratedly good too, and I actually forgot about that team. You brought that up, so I like that idea. There's a lot of demand for the tag team division to be revamped and not revamped, but to, to be more solidified. And there's definitely been calling for a lot of um, indie tag teams to actually get a chance on the roster. I think I think the, it's almost inevitable to the Young Bucks are in the WWE. I don't know how or, or when, but everybody's calling for it. And that would be interesting. And if they, you know, if they can continue to use platforms such as these tournaments and stuff, I think that there's a bright future for... Um, uh, wrestling fans to to be satisfied, you know. But um, as we finish off for um, the episode tonight, uh, Robert, I give you a chance to go ahead and you know plug all your platforms, and if you have any questions for us, here's your chance. Uh, well, one question I got is Twitter, just at I follow WWE. It's real simple. Other question I have is like, how hard is it to start like a good podcast? You got a really good podcast, and you're like. Yeah, ask the questions, interact with people on Twitter, that kind of stuff. I'm wondering, like, in my head, like, how hard to start a really good podcast? Just going, like, just... Sellers? Well, in, in my opinion, I mean, it's... If you have a group of guys, even if you want to do it yourself solo, and you have an interesting way where you just want to talk about what you feel is great in WWE, I think that can make a great podcast for you. And if you're even thinking about it with good wrestlers... CM Punk says it all the time. We see it with Kevin Owens all the time. Of course, you got Kevin Owens on your screen and everything. People that are great wrestlers are people who are themselves and just amp it up to the next level. And I think what we do is, like, what you see is what you get. Like, when we're talking on the podcast, it's me and Silly Sellers. It's 2 Chains, it's D-Wayne, it's Aaron, it's Dr. M. And that's who we are inside and outside the podcast. And we just like to talk about something that we're interested and passionate in. And if you can do that and just do it in a way where you know it's creative and, and fun for you, I'm sure somebody or people out there, and just like you have done for us, and we appreciate it, Rob, because you've been great on this on this show, they would like it. I mean, literally, it came at a conversation that we started maybe two weeks before doing it, and we was like, let's just do it and go as we get ready to, you know, wrap up for WrestleMania 32. And then we just started it, and it happened. Of course, when we first started, it was like, man, we're terrible. <laughs> you got to practice and, and looking at people and seeing what they do, YouTube videos, seeing how the conversation's going. Even if you listen to like sports radio and you're a local town in Indianapolis, not in Indianapolis, it's just a little Chuck joke, uh, Charles Barkley joke, but in, in Indianapolis, you know, I'm pretty sure you got some sports guys or even like, you know, newscasts that knows how to deliver stuff and just talk about things that they're passionate about. And I'm pretty sure by you being there, people talk about the Pacers and the Colts all the time, you know. Just use that for wrestling, and then boom, you got your podcast. I absolutely want to, to, to add on to that. Definitely, you definitely want to be yourself. Um, I think uh, when you're yourself, it's more fun. Um, there's also there's also a call for um, 
for structure, but you also want to be unique. And when and the easiest way to be unique is just to be yourself. You know, there's really no script here. Um, like like Sully says, you catch us in public. We're the same people you hear. We're the same people in public. We have fun. We talk wrestling. We talk about sports. We talk about life. We we try to encourage each other. Um, we try to give back where where we can. And you know, we just we're, we're just really loose. And I think. Um, the reason why we feel like our podcast is success and that we're able to reach and, and obtain the fan base is because we try to reach out to fans because we want them to know that we are just regular people as well, too. Yes, there are a lot of profound podcasts that are highly successful. and But, you know, how how many of them are actually willing to, to communicate with just the average Joe or just, you know, just the person who watch Raw every day on their couch at home? You know, you have those ones that just be like, oh, well, if you don't have this many followers, we're not going to communicate and stuff like that. But we're not those people. We, we talk. We have fun. We're, we, we started small. It was an idea that we wanted to start. And we've just been going with it and trying to keep it creative and fun since day one. And hopefully we got a lot more years of success. Yep. Uh, so, all I want to say is, I mean, like Dave just said, on just be yourself. And um, if you want to do, do more than yourself, Make sure it's with a good mixture of people. I mean, we have a good mixture of people that piggyback off opinions and ideas, for instance. They might agree on something, and I'll be kind of like the devil's advocate and just say something totally opposite of what they say. And it brings on a good, a good conversation, but you have to kind of know the people that you're going to have this podcast with and know kind of like what they're going to say. And it's just like you have to say standards for your podcast. You have to know what you want, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Yep. But with that being said, too, we definitely enjoyed you coming on. And, you know, any week that you want to uh, tag on again, you know, just holler at us. We'll get you on. We'll work something out. And, again, moving forward for the fans and everything, anybody else that wanted to join, make sure you just um, participate in our Twitter topic of the week. Really fair, open questions, unbiased that you just, you know, respond to make it interesting communicate with us that you want to come on and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely make it happen and you know as long as you're not a cowboys fan then we should be good Anyway, fans, again, thanks for uh, listening to our Wednesday episode. We're, we're, we're currently uh, recording during the CWC finale right now, so I'm definitely going to um, uh, get ready to watch the finale so we can see if actually the votings come true. But right now, uh, Team TJP for us, and uh, and that's for Rob as well, too. And again, if, if we have content for the weekend, check us out then. Um, Aaron mostly is in charge of the, of the weekend episodes for his uh, educational schedule. Has them a little bonded right now. But uh, we'll definitely try to get something out as soon as we can. If not, we'll definitely catch you next Wednesday. Adios.